This episode of Behind the Bots is brought to you by FingerTech Robotics, North America's top manufacturer of combat robotics parts. If you're interested in building your first combat robot, check out FingerTech's Viper Kit, which includes everything you need to build a fully functional, competitive ant weight. FingerTech also carries a complete line of wheels, hubs, motors, and other components if you want to build a bot from the ground up. Check them out online at www.fingertechrobotics.com. Notre endroit de Poutine préféré à Québec, voici Behind the Bots, le podcast qui vous apporte les histoires de constructeurs derrière BattleBots. And I'm Chris. Je m'appelle Luke. Je m'appelle Lindsay. Just, just plain old American, Kyle. <laughs> oui, absolument. And today on the podcast, our interview with Philippe Voyer and Sean Lamoth from Team Pardon My French. We'll wrap up the show with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. If you like our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, Player FM, and Podbean. You can follow us at Facebook at Behind the Bots and tell a friend. We really appreciate your support. We oui, absolument. Schwet. Time for this week's Combat Robotics News. I have four news items for you today. First up, the latest season of BattleBots will tentatively return to the Discovery Channel on Thursday, January 6th. The organization made the announcement via a Facebook comment with the caveat that they won't know for sure until the Discovery Channel makes an official announcement. But for the time being, mark your calendars for January 6th. In official merch news, BattleBots on Monday dropped the 2021 line of official t-shirts on their official Amazon store, featuring dozens of robots like Duck, Hydra, Hijinks, Jackpot, Whiplash, and others. The shirts are the coolest official merchandise I've seen so far, with some ugly Christmas sweater designs, as well as some fun 90s throwback designs. Check out the official BattleBot store on Amazon. Have you had a chance to uh, check out some of these designs? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, Chris. Hold on. Sorry. Hold the phone. Okay. Were you just talking about these new official t-shirts? Yeah. And you were just going to you're just going to say, you know, check them out. They're awesome. Go buy some. All right, listen. All right, Chris. Here's the thing. Okay. Everything is relative. If you compare them to 2020 shirts, these are a massive step up, Chris. All right? The 2020. Those are terrible. Well, when the bar is practically a tripwire, <laughs> okay, it's it's easy to it's really easy to step up the bar, you know. Um, I don't I don't know I don't know if there I think maybe there's two or three redeeming T-shirt designs in this entire stack, and okay, I don't know I don't know I just I I, I feel like I could go on uh, a rant to end all rants about about the graphic. Aesthetic choices they've made in these T-shirts. Uh, Chris, first off, before we before we start with that, I think it's a great idea. Uh, can you please give us your uh, bona fides? You know how how do you know so much about design? Oh, okay. Well, I am a, a design professional who's been uh, in the industry and studying for about two decades. 
Okay. All right. And uh, t-shirt design, you know, are you a t-shirt designer? Do you have uh, strong opinions about t-shirt design? Well, I used to make my own t-shirts and they were great. Oh. Um, my, my favorite t-shirt that I ever made was just a giant portrait of Richard Dean Anderson on, on the front of a t-shirt. And I love that thing. Nice. Yeah. Who's that? That's MacGyver, Lindsay. <laughs> That's MacGyver. I know who that is. Do you? Uh, Do you? Chris, I, I also heard through the grapevine that you were uh, running an illegal bootleg BattleBots t-shirt uh, store on Amazon before they came and shut you down. So I feel like you might have a dog in this fight. I, um, uh, well, first of all, no, that's true for legal reasons. I wouldn't even be able to say it if it was. Uh, however, <laughs> if, um, if there was an illegal BattleBots operation, uh, I, I mean, they, they obviously had their uh, design stolen. Uh, by the actual BattleBots <laughs> team. So, um, got it. If there were fake ones out there, I would buy them because their chances are better than the ones that are available in the store. <laughs> and I, listen, listen. Uh, uh, all right, all right. I'm not gonna throw. I'm not gonna throw shade out there. If there's a young designer and you and you love BattleBots and you've made these, cool. I I dig that. Um, but I mean. These are we're talking. These are expensive T-shirts. You have all these teams that spend so much time developing aesthetics and like building a brand for their bot, and you know, like it's just it's on top of that workload of making a robot and developing a persona. They build a brand around their robot, and then you just it looks like this thing was was made. These T-shirts were made with an algorithm. Right? <laughs> like, it's, yeah. It's it's a train wreck, people. I'm, I'm sorry. I am sorry. It's, okay, they're not all train wrecks, but many of them are questionable. All right, Lindsay. Hey, to be fair, to be fair, the idea the idea of a ugly Christmas sweater battle bot, like battle bots ugly Christmas sweater is a great idea. Yeah. Right? Like like conceptually. Yeah. But printing an ugly Christmas sweater pattern onto a t-shirt or a hoodie is uh, just a great way to ruin that idea. Aesthetically, you're, you're a little lost in the weeds. You don't know what you are. You don't really have a design ethos behind why you're doing this, right? Um, and I think that that's just what they need. Look, in the future, this is what you need to do. Each of these teams, they've built that brand, right? They have their own fans. Help deliver that ethos that each of these teams has built around their robot. Deliver that in a unique T-shirt design for their fans. I, don't don't you just can't literally plug in a picture of the bot, putting their name in some kind of Helvetica type treatment, and just spitting out T-shirts. This is ridiculous. I do think that you know some of them come off a little generic. When what you're saying, Chris, is correct, like. You know, witch doctor has such a uh, an aesthetic behind it. I don't think there is a witch doctor shirt in in this batch, but like all of the the bots don't have their matching team's aesthetic. Yeah, I know. They're just kind of. I mean, listen again. Some of them are cool. Last year was worse because it was just witch doctor with a little swoosh underneath oh, yeah. it, and then just the words witch doctor on it. <laughs> That's it. All right. <laughs> I have to imagine they sold like, like three shirts total in 2020. Yeah. I don't understand. Don't you want to sell t-shirts? 
I don't, I would imagine so. I mean, it's such a visually stunning sport and there's such strong kind of brand aesthetics on the teams that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like all the elements are there, you know, for some really cool merch. Chris, Chris, I got a question for you. Like, uh, so, so gun to your head, you have to buy one of these shirts. Yes. Which one are you, which one are you getting? Well, I think any one of them I could I could perhaps purchase and 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 dawn upon myself and any shooter would immediately feel oh. so bad for me that they wouldn't pull the trigger anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, that's a great way to cheat the answer to that question. I love There's it. A couple um, cool ones. Like the one like some of them almost feel like they have like a Japanese styling to them yeah and it's, it's either the ones that are like that there's a couple that have kind of like a uh a, a, a sci-fi kind of blueprint yeah. design to them but like the rest i mean for the most part the large majority of them are not good and what about the uh what about the one with gruff wearing a santa hat that just says slaying it <laughs> but you know s-l-e-i-g-h-i-n that one is an affront i'm sorry gruff it's just an affront to me. Listen, you can make cool gruff shirts. It's totally possible. Just that's, uh, that maybe isn't I the one. I just don't know what gruff has to do with a sleigh. Yeah, he's a firebot. You would think that they would have a jingle yeah. hell. Oh. Yeah, oh. firebot from Florida, too. Yeah. I like Jingle Hell. I mean, okay, here's the problem. Lindsay, I was going to buy you the Sable's ugly sweater, you know, hoodie or something for Christmas, but, uh, <laughs> What I'm hearing is you don't want that. Okay, the Sawblaze one, that's kind of like the blue, well, it's kind of like a blueprint almost. That one's cool. Yeah, yeah, the the copy of their team t-shirt, the the like uh the the weird like neon version yeah. of their team t-shirt. That one's pretty yeah, sweet. Yeah. But the, you know, uh ugly sweater one uh, not for me. It's for someone out there and no shame what about what about I like big bots that will not Ooh. die with huge uh, jackpot and uh, and whiplash on it? Yeah. All right. Okay. I don't. All right. Like so that those one. are like. So you took you took three PNGs of battle bots. You put them in Photoshop. You've increased the contrast and you've done a posterized filter. And then you just you have some like some 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 text lines on on some curves and it's just i don't know okay i just wanna... this feels like a powerpoint from 1997 okay but what i want to say is that if you are listening to this and you've seen these t-shirts and you happen to like any of the ones that we don't like get help no no <laughs> you <laughs> don't let this sway you or you know whatever Keep liking what you like. Don't listen to us who are just being jerks over here. I don't want to make anyone feel bad. No, correction, Lindsay. Everyone's being jerks here except you. All right. And Luke's being slightly less of a jerk than Chris Here's the thing. All right. I have a solution. Okay. All right. We do a like white elephant kind of like secret Santa here among the four friends. Okay. We can even bring in Nicole. Okay. All right. Okay. The five of us. All right. And uh, we go out and we buy official BattleBots, BattleBots merchandise for one another. I think that it's perfect, all right? Aw, that's cute. Yeah, everybody can be upset. 
Yay! All right, uh, on over to Silicon Valley and with uh, much classier merch. Uh, the tough little lifter bot Duck unveiled its new poker chip design this week, featuring an understated duck's head on one side and the word duck on the other. Team Captain Hal Rucker is selling new chips via PayPal for $6 each. Check out details on the team's Facebook page. And they're they're classy. I think they're classy. He did a nice job. Very classy. Yes. And finally, speaking of poker chips, an update now to a story we brought you last week. The Big Bot Bits Kickstarter is now fully funded, with people pledging more than $11,000 to the campaign as of Monday night. The campaign will sell you a nearly complete set of 2021 BattleBots poker chips for just $75. The campaign hopes to get sets of poker chips out to early backers like me as early as this Christmas. And that's it for this week's news. Hey, Luke. If Hal Rucker is in Vegas for for shooting BattleBots and he's at the hotel and he goes and he has a couple of drinks at the bar and maybe he um he hits up the buffet and he and he goes and he you know uh, I don't know gets a little dessert maybe uh maybe some kind of tiramisu or something uh, do you think that afterwards he can take one of the duck poker chips and slide it across the table to pay his bill? <laughs> uh, like wait, was this a bill joke? <laughs> Chris, <laughs> is this a long and winding? <laughs> After the break, our interview with Philippe and Sharon of Pardon My French. This interview is brought to you by Just Cause Robotics and friend of the pod, Seth Schaefer. Seth has competed in BattleBots with Bloodsport and in Season 6 with Retrograde. His goal is to make it easier for new builders to get involved in combat robotics through guides and tutorials and now custom products. If you're interested in learning more, check out his website at JustCauseRobotics.com. That's just C-U-Z Robotics.com. This week on the podcast, we have two very special first-time guests, Pardon My French builders Philippe Foyer and Sean Lamoth. Pardon My French is a chonky drum spinner from Canada that was originally selected to compete in the 2020 season of BattleBots, but had to drop out amid the COVID pandemic. The bot started life as a self-described glass cannon, but got a redesign between seasons five and six and appeared in Las Vegas with considerably more cannon than glass. We're looking forward to learning more about the team and the bot in the hour ahead. So welcome to the show, Philippe and Sean. Thank you for having us. I am so happy to have you. Um, you know, our big goal is to talk to every single new builder before the season starts. And I know that we have just a couple weeks left. Um, so I'm glad that we were able to make this work. Um, just to give people a preview of the the new bots to expect this year and to get excited about them. Um, however, I feel like part of my French already has a lot of fans. So, <laughs> you know... Um, Maybe we can just uh, kind of learn more about the bot, you know, for your existing fans, because I feel like you have hundreds of them already. Um, okay, so uh, whenever we have two people on the show, we like to have one of like have them introduce one another, just because I don't know, it's kind of weird to talk about yourself. So maybe Philippe, we could start off with you. Can you tell us more about Sean, and maybe any fun facts about Sean that um, we may not know? Oh yeah, okay. Um... I think I first met Sean at my very first competition that was the Kilobot. It might have been his first competition too. I'm not sure about this one. 
but uh yeah we we met there and i remember that we we hung out pretty much the whole competition together just being two newbies there and uh battlebots was the second time we met we, we we've been talking to, uh, on facebook uh, a lot since uh just because we we've been in a team and we've been designing the bot together but yeah that's pretty much it i, I know he's he's been doing a lot of um stage and uh, stuff uh, and like he's been working on a lot of stuff <laughs> he, he was talking to me a lot about all the, the behind the scenes stuff we were seeing at Balbots, and uh, that was pretty cool but yeah that was nice that's that's really awesome so you've uh, so you've met in person twice i guess yeah. both at combat robot competitions that's pretty exactly. cool yeah it's funny and that and that was my first too actually yeah that was our first tournament together it was uh it's a funny meeting and both of us had to travel. I'm traveling four hours for that. And I think Philippe was traveling something like nine. Yeah, uh, I, was, I did a, I did that by train, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So both of us were sort of uh, the newbie outsiders. So we huddled together and uh, yeah, we sort of uh, helped get each other through it. It was, it was, it was a blast. It was super fun. We were both hooked right away. So uh, I think we saw each other get sucked in, <laughs> which is kind of funny, you know? The, the first, 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 first version of part of my French, because uh, I went to Kilobots, and uh, I remember that after Kilobots, I started almost right away uh, designing Part of My French, and I I, I wanted Ma uh, Monster Mash as a minibot on Part of My French, like the the Beetle of Sean, so that's why I asked him uh, to be on the team, and uh, it started this way, but then we realized that we might just uh, design a new minibot to get, uh, together just for that and that's that's how the team started we we were the the first core of the team was us but uh, along the two years some people come with us and uh, everything but we we stayed together the two of us when when we sort of when we first started talking uh, there was sort of like rumors around that a minibot might have to be active on battlebots in the future um so as much as we at first we were like well we could just put the wedge that i use as a beetle in we sort of realized we're like oh maybe this is a good opportunity for us to make something kind of more interesting to help with the application so we that's where we started thinking about a lifter or you know yeah. sort of and that's how the the team really started got it got it uh before we get uh too far into uh into the team uh sean could you tell us a little bit more about philippe um you know uh, any fun facts about philippe that uh, the average person might not know oh well uh yeah i mean <laughs> Philippe, it's been such a like like you said, we've only actually met a couple of times, and the second time was literally the two weeks at BattleBots. Um, and, and and to be honest, the thing that blows me that that anyone who hasn't met Philippe doesn't realize is Philippe looks way younger than he is, and it's so funny because he's extremely capable beyond his age. It's really awesome. It's it's impressive. Uh, PMF is. Philippe's project. He found sponsors. He had the initial concept. He did most of the catting, and uh, he really has been the entire engine behind this. Um, and and like as a he's a professional CAD designer, which sort of gave him um, the tools he needed to at least design that way. But wow, the skills he's picked up along the road is just uh, it's staggering. It's uh, yeah, battlebots. Battlebots was tough, but it was such a learning experience. It's gonna, it's just going to be even better. Um, oh, oh, okay. Here's a good one. Here's a good one. In fact, people wouldn't know about Philippe probably yet is that uh, he looks really harmless, but he's got, he's like a gun collector, which in Canada says yeah. that's an impressive yeah. Canadian Canadian gun collectors are awesome. 
Wow. Okay, Philippe, what types of guns can you own in Canada? I, I have to know. Like, are we talking about, you know, like blunderbusses or <laughs> no yeah all the fun ones are banned that's the problem um okay so uh we'll get started with our first question um from finger tech robotics owner and fellow canadian speaking of kilobots uh curtis Warner, who asks how did both of you get started in combat robotics so maybe philippe you can tell us how you got started in combat robotics uh i mean the i've al- almost always knew that combat robotics was a thing because when I was young, I used to go to my uh, grandfather's uh, apartment, and I, I remember that we were watching uh, Robot Wars on BBC. That that would have been early two two thousands when I was like really young. I was like four or five maybe, and so I've always watched BattleBots. And when I was young, I remember watching on YouTube's videos and everything. And I I've always designed robots in my head, thinking of oh one day BattleBots gonna one day combat robotics is going to come back because I, I didn't know that insects were, were a thing. So uh, I started to to just make heavyweights in my head. And one time I remember that I was talking to my parents and one day they just told me, hey, there's BattleBots tonight on TV on the, on the Discovery because in French, uh, we, in French Canada, we had the, uh, the English channels too. So there was like, oh, there was on ABC, there was BattleBots. And I, I saw the tombstone versus bite force final of season one and i just say oh that's that exists again and that's how i just fell into the rabbit hole and just started building inset weights and everything yeah when what what was your first insect weight you know can you tell us more about that first build oh my first build was it i built it but i've never fought with it it was a simple wedge 3d printed wedge that i just designed during the first summer that i really concentrated on battlebots and Combat robotics that I just learned out. I, I learned how to CAD. I learned everything that I that I needed to to build a battlebots, and then I just uh, just build one. Yeah, because uh, I remember telling myself one day I'll build one, one day I'll build one, and someone asked me why don't you just why don't you just build it yet? So I just oh yeah, so I just decided to build it, and that's pretty much what happened to for PMF two. I remember I was talking to someone at uh, Kilobots. And he just he, he was uh, on the Basilisk team team on season two, I think. And he just told me, uh, Greg Greg asked me because the guy was speaking French. He just told me, uh, Greg asked me to to enter next year with a French speaking team. And I, I said he said he couldn't. And in my head, I was just like, mm, I can do that. So I just applied. Uh, I I never thought I would be accepted. And then I got accepted, and I had to go to Balbat this year. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, Sean, tell, tell us a little bit more about how you got started in combat robotics. Yeah, so um, I'm like old school Comedy Central Day fan. Not a super fan. It amazes me how some people remember all the fights and all the uh, champions and stuff. I'm not that by any stretch, but just loved it. Uh, I, I raced radio controlled cars when I was a kid, so I had that sort of immersion that a lot of the other uh, people have. But to be honest, my whole life, it always kind of seemed unobtainable. Like it was never really in our city. There was more than once over the years that I had sort of Googled it, probably even before Google was the thing you Googled with. But, uh, and, and I, I saw, I would see like mentions of like university sumo competitions, but it always seemed very uh, more engineering, intellectual than combat-y. Like it always seemed intimidating more, more than anything else as a non-engineer. 
Um, and then I think with the modern era, um, I sort of got in my head that I was going to do the classic, buy some wheelchair motors and bolt them together and get on battle bots very naively, not realizing where the engineering can come along. And, and, and just, I just basically found the combat robotics group and started <laughs> posting and realized just uh, <laughs> how ineligible I was <laughs> to do a heavyweight, um, but got quickly steered towards a beetle. And then when, Man, it's it's just been silly since then. I, I just compulsively built. I have built probably four times more robots than the number of events I've been to. It's, I just keep building. Um, I love it. It's great. It's such a satisfying thing. So uh, when when Philippe mentioned BattleBots to me, it, it kind of seemed uh, like impossible. It, it seemed inconceivable that at this point I would get that opportunity to to do that. So there was there was never any doubt. As soon as the opportunity was presented, it's like, well, this is guess what we're doing now like this is the, this is the new focus you know so uh yeah so that's that's it i mean basically just sort of you know a combination of the tv show steering me towards uh, the online community to be completely honest uh, i really wasn't sure that we were going to be accepted like battlebots is my third competition ever and uh, i just i just oh i'm gonna apply and worst case scenario worst, worst case scenario i'm just gonna have a cool anecdote to say but now that I have a lot more anecdotes because yeah. I just got accepted. That's really cool. All right. So Philippe, you've done two other events before BattleBot. Sean, have you done more than two? <laughs> you know, like, are you fighting a bunch, you know, in Canada? I think I've done two more than Philippe at this point. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. We're, we're, we're rookies for sure. I, I would love to go back to both of your first competitions. I'm assuming this is at Kilobots, you know, um, one of the events that Curtis puts on um, in oh, Saskatoon. Oh, that was Bot Brawl. Yeah, this oh, one, Bot Brawl. Sorry, oh. this one was Bot Brawl. Yeah. Yeah, Bot Brawl is the one that's sort of closest to us. Um, it's in Toronto. I'm in, so I'm about four hours away and Philippe's, uh, I think, nine eighth of it. Something like that. A good haul. Um, Saskatoon, which is kilobots, that's actually across the country. That's a yeah, got to take a plane I mean, for that. Yeah, that's. The, I mean, if you were to drive that, it'd be days. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's a it's a haul for sure. So I haven't done kilobots yet. Philippe has. I have not. Got it. Got it. Um. Well, tell me more about about the the first event that, that you were both at. You know, can you tell me about the robots that you competed with and your experience competing there? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so I went with uh, a wedge. Uh, it's called Monster Mash, and it's uh, basically it is a brick. It's uh, an aluminum frame with protected wheels, three millimeter titanium uh, wedge. Um, it's very sort of, if to be honest, if you were to like pull the combat robotics group and say how to make a wedge, this is what you would get because that's what it was. I, I just took advice from everyone. And as it turns out, uh, I sort of managed to cherry pick most of the good advice. Uh, I think that that tournament, I think I got second, and that was my first tournament in the Beatles. And 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 it's not like <laughs> that club is hurting for dangerous Beatles at all. I mean, there's some real talent there. And uh, Monster Mash has gone on to podium pretty much every time. I'm the first to acknowledge it's a wedge, which is like, it's almost, at this point, we all know that wedges have like this inherent advantage. So uh um, to be honest, it's something I'm, it's, it's a very satisfying thing to fight with in that it does well, but I, I, I'm, I've always leaned towards weirder robots. Uh, um, so yeah, that was, that was basically what that was. It was just a wedge four wheel drive, uh, four 25 millimeter motors. Um, yeah, very, very bare bones, basic, reliable guts, you know? 
Um, and then Philippe showed up, which I love this with, he had won a CAD competition. So this is, this is, uh, <laughs> so this is his part. I love this. Yeah. Uh, I've won because at the time I remember Jerome Miles just bought a Mark Forge printer. They're the builder of Red Devil, the first one. Uh, he, he, he bought a Mark Forge printer that can print in Onyx and he, he did a, a contest on Facebook where we could send our CAD for a beetle weights or ant weight frame. And uh, his child would decide uh, which one uh, they like better. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I won this uh, this tournament. So he, he just sent me my my first my first bot was printed in Onyx for free, be, because I won a tournament on the, on Facebook like that. But the, the problem was that I I got a a kit bot spinner uh, against my first opponent at the same competition, and the the way I designed my pivot. For my because that, that was a lifter I am and the way I designed the the pivot for the the uh, the arm in the back, they just clipped it and it was part of the frame. So on the first hit or something, in the first match, I I got my frame total and I couldn't use it anymore. So I didn't had a frame. I didn't had a a harm for the rest of the tournament because of that. So yeah, I wanted it, but it just it was good for one match. Um and so at what point did you decide like you're going to apply to BattleBots? You know, can you talk a little bit more about that 2020 application? Um, did you did you expect to get on the show with your application? Um, did you submit CAD that was super impressive, I guess, for Greg and Trey? I mean what 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 do you think it was about your application that um that made them take take a take take notice of it? To to be completely honest, I'm I'm not gonna lie to myself. I know that's probably the fact that I can speak French because PMF is still a four-wheel vertical spinner that's blue and white, you know? It's not the most... I, that's a big drum, but that's not the most uh, exotic robot you can have. But uh, how I designed it, to be honest, is it's just that I really liked Deep Six. Like, uh, in 2019, Deep Six was my favorite, but I just love having the, the most mass you can put in the weapon and just make it spin as fast as you can and uh, charge the opponent. That That was the whole the whole mentality for PMF at first. Like, I designed the drum uh, first, and then I put a, a a frame around it that could contain all the guts. And that, that was pretty much it. I sent it uh, to Greg, and I, I did a video where I was talking and everything. Uh, at first, I was with my brother. We were supposed to be, like, two brothers applying uh, together and everything. But then he got... He, he had to, to skip this year. So I just that that was me and Sean Got together. It. Um, how much work did you do on the robot before you made the decision not to compete in the twenty twenty season? Like, was the robot basically done um, before you pulled out? Uh, I, if I remember correctly, we pulled out three days before shipping, so the bot was mostly complete. If I remember correctly, we had one frame to weld. And but, but like all the frames were were ready and everything, but that's that's a problem because we had a, a butt ready, and they told us that we we will have a spot next year, but because we because they they filmed the season, they they had other butts that they had to accept. So when they told us that our spot was not reserved anymore, we decided to sell because first year all the the electronics were brushed. We had a E-Tech in, inside with the M flows for the drive. And we decided because I didn't want it to to mess with brushless first year, and so when we got 
the 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 news that we were not uh, accepted uh, for sure anymore next year, I just decided to to scrap everything and uh, switch the bot to brushless. So we it could be more impressive. It it will be like uh, it will hit harder. It will go faster and everything. So they they will have to get us back on the show. So doing that made us that we we had a whole lot of new problems to the bot. A whole lot because we needed new gearbox, we needed everything, and that that's really what threw us off, you know. But when when we were the first year, the bot was almost ready to to go. But that that was a good thing that we didn't come because the bot was a lot better this year. That's really cool. Um, we have so many questions about the robot, so I'm gonna kind of skip over those uh, and save those for the listeners who have so many questions about it. Um, but I would love to hear more about Las Vegas, like your experience at BattleBots. Um, so both of you have been fans of the show for a very long time. What was it like actually like rolling into the venue, seeing this massive pit area, like going and checking out the uh, the production studio um you know sean i I know that you work in kind of live events maybe maybe we can start with you you know what were your impressions of uh of this show seeing it live for the first time well it's funny i i have the opportunity to work with like world-class artists i work arena shows and broadway shows and and uh take it all in stride but i tell you when i when i see like BattleBots builders i get like a kid philippe almost made fun of me at one point I think I'm pretty sure he made fun of me. Uh, um, I made fun of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because I'm like childlike. It's funny. Like to me, they're way more interesting than uh, random, you know, sort of musical celebrities or whatever. It's just what you're exposed to, right? But uh, um, well, to be honest, walking into the 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 sort of the the tent that had the or the, the facility that had the battle box, that was just. I'm a kid in a candy store, like just sort of soaking it all up. But before we ever made it anywhere near there, we, we, it was the pit tent exposure, which was really interesting because uh, um, that was where we sort of first, you know, we did our COVID screening. We go through that process to get our ID or badges and stuff. And then we walked in and the whole time we had been sort of saying to each other, you know, just, we just hope that our box is there. Greg never got back to us about our crate. And uh and so that was sort of the big mounting thing, like, oh, how silly would it be if we just went back there and our crate wasn't there? And so that was sort of that was sort of really our first immersion to the environment was just seeing this giant tent, which is like I think most people have probably seen pictures of it at this point. It's like a mile long. It's crazy. And then doing the long walk all the way through the tent and slowly accepting the fact that our crate wasn't there. Um so to be honest, that was our first, before we really soaked up anything else, that was our our sort of arrival. That That's not true because like a couple hours before, we just learned that we were we were going to be only us two for the team because oh. at first we were yeah. supposed to be four. That, that's another thing that we were supposed to be four as a team. Me, Gus, uh, Sean, Gus Collier and uh, David Weston from uh, the UK. But the two the two guys from the UK were not able able to come because of the NIEs that got denied for all the teams all, all the British team, so we got our teams got cut in half the, for the whole tournament. Yeah, it sounds like it's it was like a kind of overwhelming first day to realize that your team is half sized, to walk into the pit area to start to see all of these other t- famous teams that are setting up, just kind of walking around like. 
looking at everything and then also realizing that your crate isn't at your desk. Um, you know, um, how long was your crate lost for? I'm, I'm curious. Well, well, you know, tell us a little bit more about that. A couple hours for sure. It, it came back, it came back uh, the first night, but like when everyone was passing safety, we were unscrewing the screws in the crate and starting to unpack it. So wow. at the beginning, we, we lost like half a day of work that uh, no more than that like a day of work that we could have done and the problem was that i i planned the bot that we would have been able to pass safety on the second night if we would have been for working on the bot full time but being only two uh, for the first two days that that just cut that that was impossible to to to, to pass safety in time and we that we really got it cut close because of everything that happened but we, we were able to put the bot in the box and pass safety a little later in the week. It was a little it was a little compounded too because the risk things were a little compartmentalized. Like uh, we were running fully brush, brushless this year around, like, like Philippe was saying, but as you'll hear from other teams too, that it's its own animal and it requires specific programming and attention. And unfortunately, neither Philippe or I were the ones that were prepared to do that. Um, so it left us in a position where we knew we had some fundamental skills that we were going to struggle to find. Um, but uh, luckily, as things go forward, that, that gets better. But uh, but yeah, so we were like, yeah, a day behind and half a team behind, which was uh, was spooky. It was spooky. And, and, and frankly, years of experience behind. We were rookies. So uh, <laughs> and knew it. You know, there was no arrogance. There's no arrogance about where we were at. We knew we were like, this was going to be tough. And like that, that come with a lot of other problem too. Like uh, Gus was supposed to bring uh, a lot of spares that we had. He was supposed to bring the t-shirts from his store. He was supposed to bring the everything for the brush list and everything. So we had to ship it. So like we receive our team t-shirt, I think on the Friday of the first week. Hmm. So if you go to the website and you, you see our, our team pictures we we both have a black t-shirt because at this time we didn't have any t-shirt in our possession hmm. got it and and we and we so we sort of realized the day before so we actually had like 3d printers running and like like the night before like so we showed up having not slept we've been running 3d printers trying to trying to make up for the parts that we knew weren't going to come from the uk in time so uh, it was it was interesting. The scramble started before we left, for sure. Yeah. Can you tell me more about um, the people you met in the pits? You know, were there any teams or people who stepped up to help you out? Um, you know, with with your getting your robot together, kind of like um, helping you work out the challenges that you were experiencing with Brushless. Yeah, I gotta give a big shout out to Destin. The Dustin has from Deep Six that let me that let me uh, steal Chris for like two weeks to to work on PMF instead of Deep Six because uh, he, he's pretty much the reason that we were able to put the PMF in the box. He he legitimately rewired all the bot that I did wrong and everything, and he helped us with pretty much the whole bot. He he made the bot work, and we we couldn't have been doing this interview without him helping us uh, in the pit. Absolutely. Like Chris was just, just, and this is Chris Hataya from Team Six, but yeah, he, uh, wow, like instant lifelong friend and uh, like fundamental. I don't like, I, we had, and it's not that there was any shortage of people willing to help. We had all kinds of people willing to help, but he gave us 
days, like dawn, dust till dawn, days of help. So, uh, yeah, it was everything you hear about BattleBots and the cooperation and the support. It is 100% true. There was people were lined up to give us help if 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 we needed it. You know, I mean, there's only so many only so many people can address these things at once. But nonetheless, there was there was plenty of offers. Yeah, they could have just let us getting DQ'd, but they all helped us. Yeah. I have one last question before I turn it over to all the listener questions and Kyle. Um, you know, so what was it like experiencing like the actual walking into the battle box, you know, like queuing up in line, rolling your robot in? What's that experience like, you know, to go from rookies who had competed at a small number of events before that and now going to the biggest stage of combat robotics? <laughs> Go ahead, Philip. <laughs> yeah, uh, personally, it was a dream, but like I, I've wanted to to go into the BattleBots since I was young. But uh, I remember that uh, it was we were still all scrambling and trying to put the bot into the arena. That I I, I really did not really register what, where I was until like the the light turned green on the first match. And then like two seconds and I was like, oh, okay, oh, okay, I got to drive now. <laughs> and that, and like at this moment, I really realized what's happening. But like the, the first four days are all a blur, just trying to finish a robot. And it's, to be honest, I, I couldn't really tell you what, what I felt the first time I went there because I was just trying to do my hero shot to come back to the pit <laughs> and finish the bot. I had a moment when we when we went out um, when the audience was there and and then I saw flags Quebec flags and I saw I heard people uh, like joke jokingly yelling like French Canadian expressions and and I man I got emotional you know like I could not believe that I, uh, it's you kind of you lose track about how many people are paying attention to the the even the smaller teams until you walk out and you realize holy moly like there's there's support here like this is people are excited for us like it was it was just uh overwhelming that, that part of it just swept over me I, i couldn't believe that you know seeing just the people chanting our stuff it was just uh, surreal that is so cool that is so cool all right kyle uh take it away with the uh, million and a half listener questions there are so many listener questions and that's okay People like you guys. That's that's what we like to hear, right? Can't complain. Can't complain. Yeah, can't complain. All right. Um, so <laughs> we've got one good question to start us off with from Petunia oh. team member Yuren Liverlu, who asks, "Why?" Ah, uh, don't. It's a mistake. Don't do it. <laughs> Robots are dumb and they should never be built. That's the, that's the thing that you got to remember from all that. I'm so glad that you're there. Like you're, this is literally like we're we're not long after your very first ever BattleBots competition, and you're already in the uh, in the Robots are dumb and we should never build them camp. I'm impressed. Yeah, I mean they they actively always try to die, and they, they never want to stay alive. No, don't don't build them. I love it. I love it. Um, so you guys kind of addressed this already, but Andre Cruz, he wants to know, what's the story behind the name Pardon My French? Oh, that's, there's a good story because... What, this is awesome. The, the, I used the name Pardon My French for a year and a half without knowing what it meant because that's that's the name of my beetle. And in French, there's an expression which means uh, Pardonnez mon Latin, which means Pardon My Latin. 
which it can be it's it's not the same thing it's like uh, we you say it before you use big phrases or like complicated expression or something like that in french so when i heard pardon my french i was sure that this was the the exact same expression so when i i came i, I got to buy to kilobots and the announcer was always telling me to try not to swear or remember there's family i, I couldn't understand why he was telling that i was like why why i really couldn't understand and then it, it was in june this year when gus came to my place that he really explained to me what it meant and i realized the name was even better than than i thought so yeah that's the name yendabot so there was literally an era where i knew it was cool and philippe didn't realize it's as cool as it was <laughs> that's funny to think I love of that that's awesome. That's really funny. Yeah, I uh, I mean, like, I know you as, like, you know, the meme master that you are, Philippe, so I, I had no idea that this was... Uh, Thank you. This was an unknown joke to you. That's hilarious. <laughs> Joke's on me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so we have a couple of great questions from Spider-Man superfan Alexander Archer. He's going completely off the rails with this first question. Um, so he has a question for the Behind the Bots hosts included... Did you guys see the trailer for the new Spider-Man No Way Home? And did you like it? And are you planning on seeing this highly anticipated movie? I did not see it. And to be honest, I'm not really a MCU guy or like, I don't really watch fiction, to be honest. That I'm a big documentary guy. I know I'm boring and everything, but I really like everything that is based on real life. So I, I've watched MCU movies when I was young, but I've not, I've not keep up since, sorry. That seems reasonable. What about you? Do you like it? I also haven't seen it. I'm, I take it or leave it. I'll watch them with my kids because they, they can be amusing, but uh, it's not something I'm super immersed in. Yeah. How old are yeah. your kids, Sean? Uh, wow. My son turned 15 yesterday and uh, my daughter turned 16 in a few weeks. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah you're, you're 10 years ahead of me. I've got a five-year-old and a six-year-old boy and a girl too. So. Uh, you're in a fun phase. Cling on. <laughs> um, all right. So... How did you guys feel going into, or how do you guys uh, feel going into season six as a new team with a new robot? Was it was it scary? Was it fun? To be honest, once we we had the bot dialed in and we saw that first spin up, that there was a ton of weight released from our shoulder, and I I remember going back for, to the pit and just sit back and say, okay, now now we might have a chance. I I, I don't want to spoil anything, but we were like, okay, now we might have a chance uh, against our opponent. And uh, yeah, that's I just that was that was the best. Uh, but there was, like I said, there was a good five days that were crunching eighteen hours a week in the pit, eighteen hours a day in the pit, trying to make PMF work. And it, like I said, they actively want to die at any time. They can. <laughs> and, it, and it was a roller coaster. Like it was, uh, you know, a, you'd have a little victory and then a defeat and a victory and a defeat and and yeah. and like like we keep saying like. It's the help that kept us going. You know? yeah. And, yeah. you know, uh, no, going to BattleBots with a, a 73 pounds, but with no self-rider, I, I knew I wasn't going to win the, the nuts. And I, I wasn't going there to win a match, if it, if it makes sense. I was just going there to see what, what was BattleBots. And, you know, the robots we're going to have next year, is go, we're going to aim for the top 32. And we, we made it this for this. Yeah, we were... We, we also sort of were realistic that like just the, the bare bones, uh, harsh realities of finances, like we were out trying to tell sponsors, trust us, we can do this. 
having never done it and, and having never really done anything comparable. Right. So really, you know, our first year was like, or our goal with the first year was to like, let's just try to make a robot that can get, that can get good enough fights and look good enough that it gets on TV. So then at that point we can, we've proven ourselves to battle bots and to potential sponsors. You know, that was, I mean, um, it's, it's a bit of an uphill battle, even building a battle bot in Canada, just financially, like our dollar is worth less. Uh, shipping is, is just punishing, um, both in terms of time and finances. Uh, so there's a lot of things that sort of make it an uphill battle financially. So we always were realistic that, you know, we probably can't build a top 32 bot for our budget. We were trying our best, of course, but, uh, but now that we've sort of, um, cross those those little milestones now we're we're ready we're poised i love that answer that was really good um so here's here's an interesting one from him he was actually going to ask um do you guys think you're up for the challenge of fighting top tier robots but i think you pretty much answered that um so i mean we're gonna we're gonna fight everyone give me tombstone i'm i'm gonna fight him i wanted tombstone uh, I remember at, uh, at the end, we, we can ask for grudges and uh, rumble and everything. Yeah. And one of the things I wrote was PMF versus any big spinner. And I just wrote a couple because, P like I said, PMF is a big robot uh, with a drum that takes a couple seconds to spin up. And, uh, I mean, you, w we can't really fight big, nimble butt that goes everywhere. Uh, our Our biggest opponent that we can ask for are, like, big spinners and heavy impacts that we can just throw sparks and go on TV. Yeah, you you want the tombstones, you want the deep sixes, you want exactly. you want PMF big hits. versus deep six was the match I want uh the match I want to ask for if I can ask for one at yeah. any season I want. I love that. And for and for days there was like a sign on our table on our pit table saying just give us big spinners. We want the bigger spin biggest spinners you can give us. <laughs> I love that. Um, so next question from Alexander, why did you guys uh, use airbag technology for the minibot? What was the kind of thought process behind that? By the way, that was like like when uh, I was talking to Gus about this because he started you know, working with your team pretty early on. And uh, he was like, the bot's cool, but the minibot, now that's where it's at. He was like really impressed with what you'd come up with. I think Sean can take this one. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the very first initial thought in my head was uh, how cool would it be if you could do like, I, I remember seeing YouTube videos of people sitting on car airbags and then detonating them <laughs> and it throws them in the yeah. air. And I was like, how cool would it be if you could just deliver one of those under a heavyweight and just detonate it? Now, for all kinds of reasons, you can't. It's a chemical explosion. It's a one-time. It's a one-time robot that would destroy itself in the process. There's all kinds of reasons why you can't just do that. Right. But it sort of started my mind down that road of lifting it with with a with an airbag, essentially of some kind. And then I sort of, I'm not sure exactly the chain of events, but at some point I heard about how Kraken works, and Kraken uses an airbag to to function its its crusher jaw. Right. It's That's rattling. right. Yeah. And and. Um, and around that same time, I saw on Amazon that you can get these little pillows that are inflatable and they're meant for like shimming windowsills and for like you know, some people use them for like getting car doors to open enough to get a Slim Jim in. They're basically <laughs> yep. they're basically just tiny little pillows that you pump up with air to move weight around. And uh, once I found those and sort of put together the sort of crack and approach and the delivery and all that, and it just sort of came together that, you know, if we can have an airbag we can deliver underneath an opponent and then inflate it 
that's you know that's enough to beach them that's uh, and 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 what it would do is essentially give us a better opportunity to get our giant heavy drum spin ups like even if zoot can buy us a second of the opponent betting hesitate like can buy us that one second or two that's kind of what we need to get that drum going um unfortunately at the very beginning it looked like zoot was going to be very easy we just hooked up a co2 cylinder to the pillow through a solenoid like it's very very super simple but BattleBots really doesn't like co2 um, no they're not fans they're not no, fans of it yeah and everyone online will tell you that BattleBots rules are guidelines not rules i'll tell you that not the co2 one <laughs> yeah. we we begged them we emailed safety committee we said 16 grams of co2 you've got butane cylinders exploding in the box we just want this little tiny one and no there was no movement on that because it sets a precedence and it opens up that whole that whole um, medium of, of 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 gas for other people to use. It, it just sets a precedent. So yeah, and they really like their polycarbonate. You know? <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's They're, you can't argue with that. You can't argue yeah. with that. So uh, so what we had to do is make it so it could the same system. We had to make it so it could work off nitrogen, which is what they supply. BattleBots actually has it there, and we had to make it refillable, and we had to make it purgeable. So we basically. I had to learn about pneumatics. I knew nothing about pneumatics. I had really faked my way into the original Zoot and then realized, oh, geez, making this legit is 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 going to take a lot of learning. So uh, um, I pestered David Small, made myself sound really dumb because he's such an educated dude. And then he sort of pointed me towards some links and we just did a lot of learning and, and got it to the point where uh, where it was legit safety-wise for, for BattleBots. And um yeah, it doesn't. There's. I love some of the rumors I've seen about how much it lifts. It can fully, repeatedly lift 150 pounds. Um, we haven't probably closer to 200 if we pushed it. But um, it's the goal was always enough to get half of a robot up. So if we get under one side of a heavyweight, we get that wheel off the ground. That's sort of the goal. I mean, if you get under the middle and you lift the majority of its weight, it loses all its traction. So I mean, that sort of would accomplish the mission as well. But um, yeah, so it, it can it can basically repeatedly maybe five or six times can lift uh, 150 to 200 pounds, and it, the chassis is made out of um, UHMW, so it flexes and it actually absorbs it. It doesn't. It'll actually bend and bottom out without bending the axles, um, so it can just do it over and over again. It doesn't harm itself, and uh, it's super slippery. So if it gets under the wheel of an opponent, it's it's inclined to make them sort of spin their wheel and lose a bit of control. So. It's just a, it's a real pain in the butt. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah. And uh, we kind of think that it maybe actually really helped us with our BattleBots application. It was just weird enough and sort of new enough uh, that uh, it may have just helped out a bit. Who knows? No, I think it did for sure. The safety committee told us that it was the first time they had to apply uh, pneumatic rules to a minibot and vice versa. (laughs) (laughs) Because the the rules, we had problems... certifying it for safety because the the rules are not supposed to be used together so they didn't know like does it need a switch does it need a light that's because the rules were <laughs> were like two different ma- two different manual i remember they were checking check boxes and they're like so how do we put a weapon lock on it and i'm like well it'll it'll just hit you with a pillow it's like pillow fight really <laughs> yeah. not, i don't know how you, i don't know how you lock that you know but uh yeah i know so uh yeah, it was really interesting. The safety process was really fascinating. And then they we had to get a safety twice because at the end of the first safety, they, they were like, oh, we never noticed you're missing this. Like they got so distracted just by the weirdness of it that they, they were missing fundamental things. So we actually had to make changes after our first safety uh, 
because they're like, oh yeah, it needs a release valve. Uh, you know, so anyways, it was it was an interesting process. So that's really fun. The safety people were so good to us. Like, it was funny. They could see how much we were we were struggling, and they were so they were so cool with us. It was it was really nice. They're uh, they're good people. Yeah, I mean that you did throw some some uh, some curveballs at them for sure. So uh, another question from Alexander Archer: What type of configurations do you guys have for which type of opponents? Like, did you make it a a configuration bot? Do you have like a horizontal sp- setup, or or did you, is it basically what you see is what you get? Yeah, we got two big plows for uh, horizontals that we can use that are just plows that goes in the front, but uh, usually we have the uh, the wedgelet that we can see on the most of the pictures on the bot pictures and renders. Uh, we can run either one, two, or uh, none of them. Because if we're fighting certain type of robot, uh, or if we like, if the floor gets damaged or like get not super super good, we might just run it with no no witch that at all. And uh, one thing they didn't told us too is that this year the saw the saw um, the slit for the slot in the the floor got got a lot wider, so. That's that's another thing that Witchlet got stuck in, and so I know that next year we're not gonna run Witchlet at all. We're just gonna have a, a flat front with uh, something to wield for Witch. Interesting. We 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 might bring some six foot one longs just to threaten yeah. people with. Them. No, no, the, those are all the yeah for the memes, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah, you gotta have your you know your 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 threatening fake wedge. Just it's, it's the new thing. Just wield a cage <laughs> around it if you're fighting a spinner, uh, not a spinner, uh, yeah, a kraken or something. Yeah, there's there's we have meme configurations in our back in our back pockets. It's just a matter of when they can come out. Yeah, yeah. like when when it's appropriate. Yeah, it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, like tornado cage, yeah. and you know we gotta we're gonna have to do a bike rack. I think it's obviously point. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> it has to happen at this point. Yeah, I mean this year we I tried to to make a um a drinking game this year because I uh, I brought floor posting stickers in the pit, and I I gave one to almost every team and saying them that if I see this logo on TV I'm gonna PayPal them five bucks, so I just wanted them to put it everywhere so they could just spread the word. <laughs> It was. It's funny to see how captains respond to that. Yeah, there was three, three, uh, three way. And it was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, what is that? Or just a straight no. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys should go, uh, go full on Team Wayachi and make like a hydraulic flipper module to uh, replace your your drum with. Just, yeah, Jake, just for funsies. Jake, Jake was our pit neighbor. He was right in front of us. And uh, he saw one of the configuration we did to mess with a, one of the team we were fighting, and he really approved it. And he said, "He was like, ah, uh, <laughs> yes, I see you are my people." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that, that. That was pretty much it, to be honest. <laughs> there was, was a mutual tip of the hat, you know. It was a, tr- <laughs> a, tr- it was a troll nod. Like, I see what you're doing there. <laughs> oh man, you can't be pitted next to anybody better than the Waiachis. Like first, first time at BattleBots. I mean, they. You gotta imagine they've got all the tools, right? Do you they, want to? Yeah. Do you want to hear who we were surrounded by? It was ridiculous. We we had Duck, Son of Waiachi, um, Fusion. We had a Sawblaze, um, and Uppercut. Right uppercut, and then we had Donald Hudson diagonally. Like we were surrounded by <laughs> like just top sixteen, top eight bots. It was ridiculous. We were just surrounded. We we had Blip right beside uh, behind us. Oh we yeah, Blip it's... and Tantrum right behind us. We were. It was just unbelievable. Like we. Uh, yeah, it was crazy where we were. Oh man, that is crazy. Um, 
Okay, so I have a couple of questions from our favorite mail carrier, Ryan Hunter. I guess he's uh, he's moved up to favorite mail carrier status now. Um, so what is your weapon made out of? The disc are made of AR-450. That's like uh, AR-500, but it's just another, another, uh, another way to call it. 50 less ARs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the, the inside drums uh, are made out of uh, aluminum that are milled inside. And everything is uh, held together with the uh, titanium bars. In the You can see them on most of the render. It's just titanium bars with nuts on both sides that just sandwich everything together and make sure everything is, is concentric. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then... Um... And it, it weighs it weigh 73 pounds. I wanted to put 80, to make it 80 pounds, but last year we were missing some weight. And when we switched to brushless, it made the bot so underweight. Like this year, PMF, when it enters the bot alone without Zoot is 220 pounds. Oh, wow. So yeah, it, it's, it's really, we, we saved 18 pounds going brushless. That's really impressive. And, and every motor in it is the, was the same this year, which is which is neat. All the weapon and drive motors were all the exact same motor, which is which is great for part count and service and all that. So, what were some of the biggest difficulties or biggest triumphs you had building the bot this year? Uh, I would say it was BattleBots for sure, because when when I left, uh, I I pretty much built most of the bot alone here. Uh, I mean, Gus came to my place for two weeks to weld the new frame and do most of the thing. But we even there we got uh, we got we we had problem with uh, distribution and everything, and we. That uh, that was my problem. I uh, I'll put that on me. I came to BattleBots unprepared, but that's why uh, we we really struggled the first few days in the pit. And when we when we it was really putting the bot together and make sure it works because when people say it takes more time than you yeah, than you think to do the electronics, they they're really they're they're not bullshitting you. You know, and especially when for the majority of it, Philippe was literally just... on his own, not just like for most of the time, like he was geographically physically on his own it's not like most nights it was every night you know so it's a mammoth undertaking you know? because that's that's some that's something you people might not know that i'm i know myself and an, uh, one other person in the whole uh, province of quebec that do combat robotics so it's it's kind of hard to just you know do start a team with people I know that will know combat robotics because I don't want to build a team of just engineers that don't do combat robots because I love engineers, but some of like, if you, um, how can I say that? The, um, like if you take a teams of, uh, just students that have never built a battle bots and you put them on, on battle bots, they, they'll build a super good bot, but it's their, the, the part that is combat robot about it will lack. So I, I really wanted people in my team that, knew how to build combat robot and those are hard in Quebec so that's why most of the time I, I was alone to do it but next year we're gonna do like two two build session for that uh, and build it in teams so it doesn't happen again so what is your building uh, like your shop space like it's uh, one of the uh, one of my sponsor uh, VL tools that they, they just let us use uh, all their all their machines and uh, all their space for free, and it's uh, the owner is a friend of mine that uh, he just really likes BattleBots and wants to help us again. I like that. That's cool. So it's just a, a big machine shop. It's unfortunate. Like when I see 
for example, the community in Florida where there's maker spaces and people are sharing work areas and teams are working together and stuff. It's, 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 we envy that because it's, it's so few and far between here. It's uh, our, our community is online, you know, essentially we don't get to really uh, just run into each other at the shop or, you know, so it's, it's a bit of a different dynamic. It's, it's, it has to be very intentional and, you know, you have to really keep on it because you're not just bumping into each other. And just that's that's something. If you don't have um, uh, uh, your own shop or your own garage or something, you got to store the bot. That's that's one thing I had to that I had to find. It's it's just a place to store the crate and store everything. It's just that that's a lot. There's a lot of logistics that you don't think about when you first apply to BattleBots that you gotta gotta think through too. Um, so, is the size and the shape of your bot design a feature or just a practicality with the internal components? As in, how much of PMF was form versus function? Uh, the the whole bot is pretty much the smallest I could fit uh, a frame around a ETEC last year. Like like I said at the beginning, I, I did the drum. Like I, I catted all the drum, I put it in a, inside another assembly and just started doing the frame and I just put all the electronics inside and I, I literally made the bot as small as I could. It, it made it one of the, I, I don't want to say one of the smallest, but it's still really small if you compare it to, to a lot of other bots. Like uh, at least five people told me that it looked bigger in renders and pictures than it, it was in real life. So yeah, I'd say it's pretty much function because when you have that much of a, a that much weight in the drum, you kind of have to make the butt small if you want to be able to armor it. Because the I said glass cannon last year, but PMF is, is kind of kind of have a good armor. Like all the outside of it is uh, is Ardox and it's AR uh, and it it's it's able to withstand some some hits. All right, so uh, we have some questions from retrograde team member Seth Schaefer. Um, so he says, it was really cool to see PMF up close. What a great looking bot. He also asks, what made you choose the white and sky blue color scheme? Oh, those uh, are the color of the flag of Quebec. The, that, that was my, my main inspiration. And the, the third shade of blue, like the Miku blue, I like to call like the one uh, like on overall. It's just because the, those three colors are the three Pantone color of the of one of our sponsors that they paid us to to put the other color on, so yeah, it's a Premier Tech, my job, and they paid us uh, to to sponsor me, and so we could paint the bot for the color. Unfortunately, we learned the hard way that having a white robot is really hard to keep clean. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah. Oh. It's gonna be gray next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that is uh like as a as a guy that does scenery for live events, right? You know, the first time the clients like we want it to be white, you're like, "Do you really though? <laughs> yeah, Do you yeah. really?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. If you look closely on the official picture, you can see our uh, our handprints like in the suit yeah. on the on the drum. And we even touched <laughs> we even touched yeah. it up, but then because like, we the... just haven't we had to keep going back in. It was yeah, we were trying so hard to keep it like as clean as we could just for sponsors and you know right by the last way in you're like wait why does my pound my bot weigh a pound more oh right yeah paints. yeah and then it spins up and it just splatters <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i love it all right so we have another couple of questions from malice team member david small um all right so he says felipe what about building a heavyweight was more challenging than you expected to be honest one thing i 
I I hadn't really thought about is how much difficult it is to work alone on it. Like if I want to remove the drum on PMF alone, it takes me like 15 minutes maybe if I don't want to crush my feet. So it's it, it's a lot harder. Like you can't just flip the butt around to solder it. You just you, you have to to go in there, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, right? Just not having the other set of hands makes removing the drum, which should be like a two or three minute thing, into a fifteen minute project. Oh, it's a if we're at three, it's a five second thing to remove the drum. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because you're just undoing two things and, and pulling it yeah. out. And we have we have like sticks and uh, uh, shims and everything. Like we 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 made a way to to be able to remove it easily. But if you're alone. You need more hands, you know. It's not just it's not just awkward. It's like just seventy three pounds of a round thing without a handle, or yeah. So just trying to slot it between the frame sections. It's just like, oof, wow. It's it's yeah. One person. That's a it's a it's it's a challenge. Yeah, with some very intentionally sharp bits on it for sure. Yes. Yep. Well, yeah, every weight every weight gets sharp. Like if you if you look at the, the hands of the builders when they hit the buttons. Uh, in the the last the last part of the season, you can all see them. The the halls broken and everything. <laughs> right, everybody looks like they've got a feral cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The robots are all one percent weight by volume of blood, basically. <laughs> so, Sean, this question's for you. Now that you've taken the plunge into pneumatics, can we expect to see more pneumatic features in your future sub lightweight robots? And I would, I'd love to. It's a tricky thing to scale, like. You're talking about the guy who built Kelpie, though. So, like, he's not going to take that as an excuse. It's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and, and what he's done is just awesome and in, inspiring for sure. I love the idea of doing, like, and, and I know it's like a fool's errand in, in this day and age, but I, I love the idea of trying to do a, a sort of a crusher, like a Kraken style, but like something smaller um, and use the same airbag approach. I love that idea, but I've never been able to make it work at like a three pound or lighter scale in CAD at all. I haven't figured out how to crack that nut yet. So I'd love to. It's funny because people often say like, oh, you know, um, Zoot only weighs like, well, I think it ended up at just under four pounds for BattleBots. So it's almost a beetle. And people are like, oh, you should put it in a tournament. And I'm like, no, like they, it, it serves one purpose. It, it is not a combat robot that would do well in a beetle match at all. I mean, it, it might lift a beetle a few times. But so it's weird. It's, try, it's hard to weaponize pneumatics that way at that scale. Uh, um, I don't not think about it. It's definitely on my mind, but I have yet to been able to get a recipe that I can see working. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Might, maybe there may be something in the 12 pound or even, you know, sportsman range though, that would be cool. We have a local builder that has uh, that goes to Motorama and whatnot that has Ralph, which is a pneumatic uh, lifter, which is uh, very cool and very very neat. And they actually run an onboard compressor. Um, I love that. I think that's great. Um, but they're also real competent builders. It's, it would be intimidating to try to pull that off, but who knows? Yeah. Wow. Onboard compressor. That's a lot of weight. That's fun. Right. I know it's crazy, and it works. They make it work. It does really well. How weird. I love that. Um, all right, so this is a question, I guess, for both of you. Who is PMF's secret team member, Hector? And what's his favorite snack? <laughs> that's that's my cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Hector is like pretty much everything with fish inside. Like, yeah. Oh, and he he gets he, he gets crazy for catnip too. Like one time he he found the uh, 
the, the bag I ate in, in like three other bags and there was catnip everywhere. That's awesome. Yeah. Not every cat likes catnip, but the ones that like it are really into it. Oh, it's like a drug for him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Fingertech Robotics owner Curtis Warner, uh, he wants to know, are heavyweights 250 times more fun than ant weights? The hits are for sure. Like he, when when the, the first time I heard uh, the first time I felt PMF through the arena, like hitting the hitting the 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 actual bar- barrier and everything, that that was something. You see, oh, that's that's like ten ten thousand dollars. Just <laughs> you know, that's just seeing seeing the force and everything that goes around. Just sitting in the pit. That's it has to be to at least two hundred fifty times more fun than endways. Yeah, I think that's how math works. That's pretty much it. Yeah, but <laughs> there, there is a lot more expensive than it than ant weights. So that that might be better if you you just want to fight ant weights too. Um. So this is a question from Drew Willis. He wants to know what's behind the name for the Minibot Zoot. Ah, well, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, Zoot is kind of like the word, like uh, so. Philippe grew up like going to French schools in, in, in the French community. I grew up taking French immersion in school, but in an English community mostly. And in an English school, when they're teaching you French, that's the word they'll teach you to say uh, in, in place of a swear word. So it's kind of like darn or shucks. It's like the most mild version of like a frustrated <laughs> exclamation. And it's to the point where like a French, like only an English person would ever say it. And a French, any French person around would laugh at them like instantly. It's not, it's not taken seriously at all. No one would, I don't like, I don't think anyone would actually say it. I love it. That's great. Uh, It's really great. And I love that, uh, that it it flows with the original name of the, of the big bot. So, well, that's awesome. I love that. Absolutely. And again, that name was chosen before I knew what it meant. (laughs) So (laughs) that's even better. That's even better. I love it. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a good great. All right. Um, so Stephen Egert, he has a Zoot related question. He said, "What would you say makes Zoot stand out from all the other mini bots? In other words, what is Zoot's allure?" I'd say that it's uh, it's a legitimate threat. You can't ignore Zoot. That's that's the whole idea. Is if you ignore it, it can embarrass you. You have to address it. You, or potentially get lifted by a minibot. And like, that's just shameful. <laughs> I, I remember uh, before our first match, my opponent, uh, I behind the scene, I overheard him asking Greg, the, the pin for a minibot is 10 seconds, right? So that, that just means we might be we might be doing something right here, you know? Yeah, you're in their head. It's, yeah, as soon as they're trying to clarify rules and what we're allowed to do with it, it's like, yeah. but like seriously 10 second pin is all you need right like even if even if pmf is the slowest thing that ever slowly moved around the box 10 seconds of holding somebody in place is plenty of time to get a juicy like side or back panel shot it's a lifetime yeah yeah Yeah. and you're you guys are going to see it uh, when the the season here pmf is not a slow bot it goes like 15 16 miles per hour nice yeah so 10 seconds is like way more than you need that's awesome Um, I love that they're clarifying that rule and it's like, yeah, you're screwed. That's exactly what that means. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so then uh, this is a, an interesting question uh, from Curtis Honeycutt. I'm sure you can't answer this question super directly. So let's just answer this uh, in a yes or no format. Um, 
Has Zoot helped or hurt you in any of your matches? So has it hurt you? Yes. Yes. Interesting. Has it helped you? Yes. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is how we can ask spoilery questions and and still make them intriguing. Um, okay, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer. It's great. I mean, that's that's the that's the the harsh reality. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, all right, so we've got a question from Kikoto Main. Uh, he always has great questions, but he asks, and this is for both of you guys, but I think Philippe, you're, you're the uh, expert in this particular realm. What is the single best robot combat meme you've ever seen either in floor posting or anywhere else? Uh, can it be one of, one of, uh, the one, the admin mates? Yeah, of course. Because, uh, I, I really like that Farouk video we commissioned on, uh, Cameo. Because we at at the time, if I remember correctly, we had some beef with uh, some uh, one of the other uh, meme group at the time. I don't remember which one it was, <laughs> uh, but I remember we we did this cameo just so we like so Farouk can't uh, uh, say that we're the best group because we're the only one going to BattleBots this year. Because uh, I have a BattleBots, uh, Gus was supposed to come with me. Uh, and David was on Malice and Jackpot uh, as Jeff. So like all the admins, we're the only meme group with a bot going to BattleBots. <laughs> it was just like, it was just to rub them, uh, rub it in their face. But uh, I really like it. Okay, that is pretty fun. I love the fact that you can uh, get get him to do those cameos. We've actually, uh, we use one of the cameos from him in like the intro for our podcast. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. He's absolutely the best. And I would love to have him on the show sometime yeah. because he's such a cool guy. It made people I mad. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no. I was just gonna say, I love that you do these things and don't tell me. And then I, yeah. I like, I'll find them like live with everyone. I else. mean, that's and the best. We the, usually we don't tell anyone. We just do do them or like like the the Farouk video. We had it on the wrap for like two or three months, I think, because we we made it way back, and then we the the season wasn't announced, so we couldn't just say we were the one going to BattleBots. That's funny. That is really funny. So I got a question. This is just for me. Uh, how do you feel about Crab? I mean, you know, it, it's the new kid on the block. Um, ah, to, to be honest, yeah, I don't really care because most of the memes are just about crap. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if I want BattleBots memes, I'm just going to floor posting. But yeah, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna start a new meme group, a new group for people that run meme groups. But I realized that's funny because I realized why people are making these groups is Facebook uh, tells you, hey, if you, you can you can capitalize on the, this group success by creating your own uh, dash posting. And Correct. Yeah, yeah. You could just keep yeah. adding to it. Yeah. So yeah. So that's why that's why Bunny created it. Yeah, I love that. I think that's awesome. But I mean, I'm I'm not mad or anything. It's just it's just funny because the meme is that floor posting was already too much and it shouldn't have never been created. It was created out of spite anyway. She it should have never been this big, and I don't understand why it's this big <laughs> to this day. <laughs> but yeah. It's. It sure made meeting other builders fun. Yeah, because it, it gave it gave everyone a segue of conversation. You know, they already was, knew. Cool. They already knew knew what you were all about. Like, yeah, there was yeah. someone at BattleBots came to me and said, "Oh my God, floor posting changed my life," and I was like, "That's not supposed to happen." <laughs> <laughs> he looked rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. 
All right, so I've got a couple of questions from Chris Holry. He wants to know, can pardon my French self-write, either intentionally or unintentionally? <laughs> uh, I'd say maybe if it's full spin for a while. But uh, as of it, uh, as of now, the because of everything, we didn't really have time to tune the ESCs. And we had problems uh, uh, to uh, because of uh, the, the belts, they were slipping. So it took it took a while before we were able to 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 make it spin reliably. But once we were able to do it, I mean, it might be able to do it. We we never tested it because we didn't want it to to burn ESCs if we if we didn't have to. But like like I said, PMA like <laughs> I remember at BattleBot someone asked me because the the butt was full of a, a yoga mat, and someone asked me, "Are oh, you're not you're not afraid about uh, the heat?" I just I, I just told him right in the air, uh, right in the eyes. Do you really think that this butt is gonna be like two minutes inside the arena? Uh, like I, I see it. I know that's that not what it's for. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be like uh, thirty seconds or like a couple of big hits, and then it just the 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 best hope is that it dies on its back because then nothing broke, you know. Yeah, <laughs> then then it's not that expensive. I yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and you have a you have a reason for it now. You can just say, oh, but it, it was on his back. <laughs> Couldn't do anything. Silver lining. Yeah. All right, so we have a question uh, also from Chris. He asks, overhead attack bots seem to have come back in a pretty big and unique ways in the reboot era. Um, how, if at all, does this affect your design going forward? When you say going forward, you mean next year? or Correct, yeah. Uh, this year, we didn't have anything planned for overhead attack because, like I said, it just it was one of the things we, we were going to plan and do add battle bots if we had time, but we didn't have any. But for next year, we actually bought a 12 by 12 by one and a half inch thick slab of rubber that we're just going to compound glue on the bot next year uh, for one of the... So if Shatter or like Scorpius want to go into the inside, they got to have to go through uh, an inch and a half of rubber. And we're assuming they're going to cartoonishly just bounce off the robot. Yeah, that's the Like it would in a cartoon. We're assuming that's what Yeah, like, uh, like it's Silly Putty bouncing off the concrete or something like that. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah. Like most most decision on the the teams are made that can this be memed? And if the the answer is yes, then it goes. <laughs> I like that. And then also, does this seem try hard? If it yeah. seems try hard, we can't do it. If it's too try hard, you know. right? Yeah, that includes anything. That includes anything we can't afford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we can't afford it, that's try hard. Shit. Yeah, yeah, not doing it. It's a decision. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Um, all right, so Mario Cast has a lot of questions that we mostly already covered, but there's one that I think is pretty interesting. This is testing you guys' kind of knowledge about your own bot. Um, what's the jewels or power behind the drum spinner? Like, like how hard are you actually hitting with that thing? I don't know the jewels exactly, but I remember calculating last year with the slower drum spin up, and it was something like 250 cals point blank. Wow. And then it got faster. It got faster. Nice. Nice. Um, so Ben Moak has a question that I've been wondering. Did you guys ever get an explanation from your shipper as to what exactly happened when they briefly lost a 1,400-pound crate? Yes, and I was mad about it. <laughs> they they said that because Paint Train was a pay-your-own-way team this year, which means that they, they had to pay for the crate and the shipping and and everything. So when the, the company uh, delivered the paint, the paint Train crate, the people at BattleBots, what what was told to me is that they just they saw P, the P in the beginning. They just uh, did oh that's part part of my French. So 
they had they had uh, the paint train crate the paint train crate as part of my French crate, and they were missing the paint train crate. But since they they were not the one uh, making the everything for it, they, they didn't care about it. So my crate was just in a, in a warehouse somewhere in Vegas for like two weeks. That is infuriating. Really infuriating. That is horrible, and I am so sorry that happened to you. No, it's okay. At least we got it. Yeah. When we got word, when we got word from a PA that it was in Vegas, that's when we were like, okay, as long as it's in Vegas, like we're good. If this, like, if this is in like another part of the states, this is like inconceivable. You know? Yeah, yeah, you um, can't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, so that was that was when we sort of were like, okay, it'll get here. It's yeah. in Vegas. It's in a warehouse. You know? Um. Okay, so then this is another question from Ben Moke. Will it blend? If you if you had a, a blender big enough, I mean, <laughs> throw it into a a metal crusher and it'll probably blend. <laughs> True. Like like like, is it doing the blending or being blended? I guess. I yeah. get. I mean, the, you hmm. could interpret that question either way. There is no clarification on that. Good question. I I know that someone. You you would be surprised the number of people that tells you to just change a drum for a industrial crusher, and then you. <laughs> You, you'd be surprised and like you, you showed them a picture of mammoth and you said how <laughs> how how would i crush yeah, this yeah. <laughs> not a thing um so my girlfriend doesn't like robots host matt hedger asks how big of a drum is too big of a drum oh that's is that a thing uh, i don't think that's even possible I mean, 81 pounds according to Battle. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, it, according to the rules, it's 81, 81 pounds. pounds it's too big. I, I quotation mark around it. <laughs> <laughs> you, Another fun podcast for the record. You have, <laughs> the rule says you have to be, to be able to show it can weigh 80 pounds. <sighs> I like that. All right, so Richard Sum wants to know, um, so how big is the, the building scene in Quebec? Like, how big is the combat robotics scene? Are there any up-and-comers in that area that we should know about? Oh, like I said, it, there there is me and another guy that I know that went to Bot Brawl in two years ago, I think, Sean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Denis? Uh, that, yeah, Denis, and that's the only two people. I know that there was a, uh, a team from the University of Sherbrooke that applied last year with Nix. That is a pneumatic uh, launcher, a little bit like Bell Spear, but with a, a wedge in the front. Cool. That I know they applied, but they didn't get uh, selected. But it was like a, a robot that they built for their uh, their master thesis, I think. So they they were building it anyway, even though they they were not gonna uh, be at Balbots. Well, that's fun. You guys could uh, get together and do a little uh, like French exhibition match sometime. That. Yep. I, I know. Uh, they are right now. I was talking to them today, and they they told me that they they keep snapping the rod, uh, dry firing their their show, uh, their um, their lifter, and uh, I I will send them some of the titanium bars I had left for the drums so they can change it because I don't use them anymore. Aww, that's really nice. I mean, like I said, a lot of people help me at BattleBots, so that's the least I can do. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so next question comes from Deep Six Team member Brand Hanstad. He wants to know what about one of your team's sponsors. Um, so I'm sh- sure I'm not pronouncing this correctly, but how many Dogira does PMF cost today? Oh, let me calculate it. <laughs> I, I think I calculated like two days ago. It's like 1.3 mil. Yep. 1.3 <laughs> million Dogira. 
equals one PMF over the two years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, we need a new cryptocurrency known as PMF. So <laughs> I, I've talked about it, but I just I'm good. I don't want to rug pull my friends. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, I, it's not that. That means he's yeah, sponsor it's not himself. that I don't want to. It's like if I gotta meet them at Battle Boss next year. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> really funny. All right, so um, fellow Canadian Joel Bourne has a hard hitting question. Beautiful machine. Here's hoping you guys did well. Now for the really important question from one Canadian to another: Who's better, Montreal smoked meat or poutine, and why is it obviously poutine? Oh, it's poutine because you can put smoked meat in poutine. <laughs> yeah. Just... yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Sean, you agree? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. He <laughs> My favorite poutine for the record is a normal one with sausage and a spring onion. When we were in, when we were in Vegas at the hotel we were in, they had poutine in like a bar there. And it was funny how not poutine it was. Like they, it was like, <laughs> yeah. it was like, it was like if you took poutine ingredients and translated it to another language and then back again. You know how you can like do the double translation mm -hmm. and it mucks it all up. That's what it was. It was crazy weird ingredients. There's the poutine that Vegas thinks is poutine is nothing like what it actually is. It's, it's it was amusing. I love that. I love that description of it. Yeah. Like they, they just Google translated it wrong one too many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just <laughs> it, 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 you can barely call it what it is. It makes me think of like those challenges on the Great British Baking Show where they just like give you a list of ingredients and they're like, make us this cake. Yeah. And you're like, but how long do I? Okay, sure. <laughs> Whatever. That's what you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So we've got a good question from Slamo Captain Greg Danby. Craig Danby is a great friend of the pod. We like him a lot. Um, so he asks, if you could bu build a dream team of builders, who would it be or who would be in it and why? Hmm. To be honest, the team I got next year is pretty much the, the team I, I want to have. I I got me, Sean, Gus, Chris. Uh, we we got Ty Little on the, the team next year to weld the frame. Oh, cool. Since he's, he's a really good welder. Uh, and we, we got a couple other people uh, that's going to help uh, in the pit too. But that's that's the main core, and th that's pretty much what I want because... Uh, when I Next year, I want to focus pretty much only on interviews and everything. Because that's one of the things that uh, I realized that, uh, this year is that when they asked me to do interview, like it, it struck the team down because all the team had to do interview or or pretty much. So that's I just want to be to focus on my captain role next year and have the teams build the butt for me if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the truth is, is like we could sort of say like, oh, we'd love to have, you know, and just sort of like Ray Billings and, you know, we could name all the superstars. But the reality is, is uh, it would be a yeah. weird experience. Like we're going to get to grow together next year. And we're all kind of like we compete with insects and we all have a lot to learn and growing to do and a lot to teach each other. And I think that's actually perfect. You know, one one person uh, like veteran builder I had on my team, if I had to, would be Matsburg probably. Oh, yeah. Because be cool. He's one of my friends and I, I kind of I like him and how he builds his book and everything. He's just one of the genuinely nicest human beings that like ever existed. He's great. And also he worked at NASA and I really like rockets. So, ah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Also, so just uh, this bothers us on this podcast. We bring this up every time we bring up Matt's Burke. Like they always bring him up as like 
silly pirate guy from florida so silly from florida look at it it (laughs) yeah exactly they're just like silly florida man with the with the pirates and then like by the way he also is a nasa engineer he's a manager manager and ex ex disney guy like that it's funny because yeah yeah he's a he's a former imagineer that's right philippe would be asking about rockets (laughs) and i'd be asking about animatronics it'd be it'd be great yeah (laughs) and airbags Uh, yeah, no, we we asked him about all those things when we've had him on the pod before. He's a great guest, oh, he, really cool guy. Really I love the family teams too. I'm such a sucker for that. I love that stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so let's wrap this interview up with a series of deeply philosophical questions from BattleBot superfan Mary Catherine Carr. Um, so she wants to know, what's your favorite meme that you've seen in short uh, in floor posting? Sean, we'll go ahead and ask you this since we already got Philippe's answer. Oh, my favorite meme in floor posting. Wow. Um... Jeez, I don't know that I have a favorite. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I don't. I I can't name one offhand. Uh, There's too many. I mean, yeah, I, I generally like the the deep like referential ones where it's like you only know what this meme means if you saw the three that led to it. Like, I love it when things get deeply inside jokey. Yeah. Um, Same. When, when yes. things, yeah. When things it, get meta and floor posting, sometimes it gets like for two old days, it's just gonna be. 18, 18 uh, things that's just going to be the same exact spot uh, same exact trend and everything yeah and if you don't scroll back like like four days you're just not going to understand yeah, like, what's happening in the group and, and four days in four days all the memes just change meta and everything and we you guys might have uh uh, spot that but we kind of have an ends off approach on floor posting like we we only remove yeah like, you guys don't even have post approval no on. no you're just, just uh we we only remove just let it happen yeah, we only remove the things that if uh, us four as memers and like people that like degenerate degenerate humor say oh that's too far we remove the post that's that's pretty, that's pretty much <laughs> but it has to memory. be a consensus i think i think we removed like four legit meme that were just like oh that's that's too much and like if you go to the top it's gonna be like four new rules that we created because we removed a meme or something like that yeah oh yeah, yeah actually some of my favorite memes were memes that made fun of us for making rules those were pretty yeah. there were some awesome ones <laughs> i enjoyed those right Memes are like robots. If you make a meme that uh, makes the admins make a new rule, then you win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree. <laughs> All right, so this is a good question. Who helped you guys the most in the pits? Chris. Oh, that's that's going to have to be Chris. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, by, by relation, Dustin, by letting us – he was – they were so cool, like it's – yeah, we, we hung out in the, in the deep six pit pretty much. Uh, every time we we didn't have to work on a bot. Yeah, I mean, Dustin was so cool about just us just perpetually stealing. Chris, it was it was it was so charitable. It was delightful, man. And those guys are great. And it was sort of fun to have the whole like big drum, big bar hangout. You know, we like that. And it it's gonna be pretty great because now Chris is on the team and he's gonna be he's able to help us design and he's gonna be driving next year. Oh wow, that's awesome. Yep. That's really cool. Um, so how was it being down a key member for your first BattleBots experience? And will you ever um, put a Brit on your team again? I'm adding that last part because, oh, yeah. you know, it's obviously risky. <laughs> hey, I, I just for a second, before we talk, from here on forward, can we talk? I think we should name Gus Collier Gus Collier. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I like should, that. I think we should francophone him because he'd probably hate it. 
He uh, would definitely hate to be it. Honest, <laughs> to, to be honest, when I like, <laughs> if you check my uh, application on BattleBots, it's filled uh, with memes too, because you know, and uh, you uh, on his pictures, it's uh, him with the Nelly, like on the Nelly team with Nelly on his side, and his, his name is Guy Carter, and he just has a French mustache on his. Uh, <laughs> on his I love that. So yeah, that's. <laughs> But, uh, it's like hit him under disguise. Uh, <laughs> not Gus Collier. <laughs> but yeah, you guys were able to to kind of get by without him. But he was the one that kind of made, helped you guys go brushless, right? Yeah. No, yeah. he did. He did all the 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 gearbox. Did the gearbox for the the engine. He programmed the SCs. He, he did everything. Wow. He's one of so many guys from the UK that really earned their place. It, it, it's so tough yeah. that they didn't make it. We, yeah. If we go back next year, I'm, the only UK guy I'm going to have is because it's going to be Gus because he's my best friend. And I, I just, I, I want him on the team, uh, to be honest. And yeah. uh, But we're going to only have uh, Canadians and uh, people from the from America from now on. So, yeah. so if uh, our teams is striked again, we at least only going to lose one. Yeah, makes sense. It makes sense. Um, so what was your favorite part about participating in BattleBots this last year? The builder party was fun. <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, just being there, to be honest, and I, I sometimes I just I can't I still can't get by the fact that I can just go to BattleBots website and search for my robot. You know, just being one of the builder and being able to be to say that oh I did BattleBots when I was young when I'll be. Uh, older it's just something that i really like that's pretty much it i like that there was a bunch of little moments too where i found like more experienced builders where they like we got in the ring and we did our thing or got in the box and did our thing and then afterwards it was sort of acknowledged like you're you're one of us now there was and literally with those words i remember there was a gentleman the captain of sub-zero do we uh, I forget his name, but he said that he's like, "Welcome, guys, you're in." And it was such a, it was like overwhelming. Like the like, oh, butt, the, uh, the butt uh, was uh, all scratched up and everything after our match. We just came by in our pit, started opening it, and he just said, "You're one of us." Now. <laughs> really nice. And he's been in it since he was a kid. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah he it, that was that that kindness and that acceptance that meant a lot. That was yeah. really cool. You know, it, it felt like we sort of we worked really hard to get to that point, and you know, we we didn't light the uh, tournament on fire in a lot of ways, but uh, it was nice to see we we made it kind of. You know. Um. So this is a good one for you guys, for Mary. She says, "What is the proper way to pardon someone's French?" <laughs> oh, you have to you have to excuse yourself. <laughs> like if you're a true Canadian, you're just gonna say sorry <laughs> <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna be your fault anyway. <laughs> One day we'll take over, and you'll all be sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what's your favorite saying in French? This is a question for both of you. I think if I say mine, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Offend. As you say, family podcast. Family podcast. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna offend some people <laughs> if I say mine. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go with Zutalor because that's just the easy, cheesy. Uh, that's yeah, you got it right thing. there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we we did joke at length about trying to sneak f- obscure French swear words onto the air. Yeah, I had um, a bet with one of my friends that if the bot catch on fire, I have to swear in French on TV to see if they're gonna believe it. They probably wouldn't. They let like uh like on on American cable television, um they let curse words from other languages fly all the time. Interesting. So you, oh, interesting. So you know, just keep that in mind. 
moving forward it's it literally like they just don't know so it's fine the other thing that i think is hilarious is philippe was one thing he's really looking forward to is once they air BattleBots in quebec he wants to see oh yeah in the interviews what he sounds like when they translate him with a french person doing his yeah. voice you know yeah. like the french I who's gonna do my voice because yeah, who's going to do his voice in French while he's speaking English? That's going to be kind that's, of surreal. That's the know? thing I told uh, Chris when uh, he asked me during my Zoom interview before BattleBots, like, why did you apply? I said, oh, I want to know who's going to translate my voice in French. And he just started <laughs> laughing. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so this is uh, another kind of French language question. Mary asks, does French smack harder than English or does it just sound fancier? Oh, it just sounds fancier. Because it's so hard, it just—it's not worth. It's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. And then this is her last question for you guys. What did you do to decompress after BattleBots? Uh, after BattleBots, uh, to be honest, uh, I just slept for like a week and a half. <laughs> that is fair decompression. I think that is okay. <laughs> uh, I remember that I had to. I did like eight hours of flying. Then I, I landed in Montreal and I had to drive four hours back to my place after that. And then I just fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I have to I have to say that it was I maybe had a couple of days of that, but honestly, I was so charged by it. I started building within days again, other projects, just other robots. Uh, I mean, the first the first week of, uh, was us saying we're never coming back again. And the second <laughs> week was us designing the bot in the hotel room, you know. <laughs> <Next year. laughs> yes, oh, that's perfect. Um, so, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to us. We really appreciate it. I'm glad we could make it work before the season airs. We're trying to get all the all the new builders in, and uh, we're so glad we got to sit down and talk to you guys. This was great. Oh, it's a total pleasure. Thank you, guys. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Uh, it's, it's, it's super cool being on. Oh, thank you. Thank you guys so much. We can't wait to see Pardon My French in the Battle Box soon. Yeah. We can't yeah, either. Same. <laughs> After the break, we'll return with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. Welcome back from the break. Time for Robots Around the World. This week we're traveling to Silicon Valley, where roboticists from Google are training the company's new all-purpose robots to clean up after humans. Google says there are now more than 100 robots roaming its offices in the Bay Area, cleaning tables, sorting through recycling bins, and emptying trash cans. In their downtime, they also sift through your personal belongings on your desk to steal your information. Um, I, I added that part, but probably. Uh, the company's goal is to make all-purpose robots that can teach themselves how to perform new tasks without having to be reprogrammed. Great, exactly what we want. Robots teaching themselves how to do things that we don't want them to do. Well, in in all fairness, that's how... That's how Google trains its employees also. <laughs> Turns them all into robots that can teach themselves how to perform new tasks without having to be reprogrammed. <laughs> I, so we know a Googler um, and, you know, she's told us stories about how like some of the new employees, they get hired at school or whatever. They don't know how to do their laundry because Google will like do their laundry for them. They'll, they feed you on campus for free. Like they really make you entirely dependent on Google essentially 
to do everything. Um, and now, you know, you can just like throw your bubble gum on the floor or whatever, and this robot will come pick it up for you. Well, I mean, they used to throw their bubble gum on the floor and then a human would have to go over and pick up after them. <laughs> True. So, True. I mean, maybe they're slightly treating them less like children now and more like just some kind of weird, you know, dystopian overlords. The Google Laundry Bot would be super hot. I mean, a robot can definitely separate lights from darks. It can start the load. It can, like, actually kind of watch all the machines. It'd be great. I don't know about this part, though, where it's, like, teaching itself, you know, new skills. Do we want that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to imagine if there was, like, uh, some kind of tragedy, uh, some global tragedy that... Uh, 3,000 years in the future, it's these robots that <laughs> are running the new Google all by themselves. You know, they started with uh, picking cups out of the trash, and uh, now they're they're writing new uh, new search algorithms, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's about it for us today. We'll be back in your feed next Wednesday with another mystery guest. We'll see you then, folks. Bye. Bye-bye. Happy Thanksgiving. Wally was a cautionary tale. Bye. <laughs>